0: Turns out I'm going through the Old Testament just uh, book by book, and lo and behold, on Friday I was in the book of Habakkuk, and the book of Habakkuk is a, a book where where uh, a prophet in Israel um, literally um, is seeing a, the, an enemy come in, and he's really confused, like God, what is going on here? And he says in Habakkuk chapter one, verse two, O Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear even cry out to you violence? Meaning there's violence in the land. What is going on? Why do you show me iniquity? Why do you cause me trouble? For plundering and violence are before me, strife and contention. Therefore, the law is powerless. One of the headlines uh, this past week is Europe is just sitting by powerless while Russia is invading Ukraine. The law is powerless and, and justice uh, never goes forth for the wicked surround the righteous And therefore perverse judgment proceeds. They come for violence, verse 9. Their faces are set like the east wind. Interesting that Russia's coming in from the east. They gather captives uh, like sand. They scoff at kings. And princes are scorned by them. They deride every, uh, 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 every stronghold. And then famously in chapter two of Habakkuk, this is such a marvelous book, uh, he says in verse one, he says, I will stand my watch. I will set myself on the wall and, and watch to see what God is gonna say to me. And I'm gonna answer when he corrects me. And so he waits for the response from the Lord. And uh, interestingly, the Lord tells him in verse hold, behold the proud, behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, meaning I see the proud, I see the sin, I, I, I see this. And he says, but the just shall live by faith. Quoted over and over again in the New Testament, by the way, that verse in Habakkuk by the Apostle Paul and many others. But the just shall live by faith. And then he goes on to say in verse 5, He is a proud man, and he does not stay at home because he enlarges his desire as hell. And he, like death, cannot be satisfied. He gathers to himself all nation and heaps up for himself all people. But then it goes on in verse 14, and it says, it says, but the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And then it goes on to say, and the Lord is in his holy temple. And let all earth keep silence before him. And just great testimonies coming from the Ukraine of just churches being faithful, of rejoicing. Let Paul, remember when he was in prison with Silas, he was singing hymns in jail. The Lord did a mighty work. And this is what um, is going on in the Ukraine. There is part of me that's jealous (laughs) of that. Just having to rely on the Lord. There's so much. We have so much false support systems that we prop ourselves up with in the United States of America. But uh, if you've never heard the end of um, Habakkuk, it's one of the most uh, one of the most quoted verses in churches, and we'll we'll pray this for for these people. It says, "Though the fig tree does not blossom." And though there is no fruit on the vine, though there's the labor of the olive tree may fail and the uh, fields yield no food. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there is no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk on my high hills. And so, uh, we prayed these these verses for for the churches there, and that bitterness would not enter into their heart, but rejoicing. Father, I just pray for the the particularly the body of Christ uh, in uh, the Ukraine, but really for the whole whole country. But for the church, Lord. Uh, we pray that the, the just shall live by faith, that they will live by faith. And Lord, even as it says um, even as it says here uh, in the book of Habakkuk, where it, it, it says, um, "Lord, uh, in the midst of your years, revive us. In the midst of the years, Lord, revive us. I pray, Father, you would revive uh, your people there. I pray that you would turn back the enemy. I pray that you would miraculously arrest the advances of the enemy there, Lord. And I pray for love in the hearts of the church, for the enemies, Lord, for Putin, for um, the the Russian soldiers. I just pray for love in their hearts, Lord. There's an eternity, Lord, a Christless eternity that they face. I, and, and so, Father, I pray that the, the church has that. And Lord, we pray, Father, that um, even now that there would be peace. And Father, we thank you, Lord, um, for the freedom we have in this country um, to praise you, to, to look to you, to be satisfied in you And, Lord, I just pray for the same faith for the different churches, including that Calvary Chapel in Kiev, Lord, that Habakkuk has in verse 17 of chapter 3, where he says, although the fig tree may not blossom and there may be no fruit on the vines, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation, Lord. I pray that for them, Lord. Do that work in their life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you can rise for the reading of God's word. We are in Mark chapter. Uh, we are in Mark chapter twelve. The greatest thing that we can do in any time of war, whether the war is here or anywhere, is be built up in the Word of God, which equips us to be prayer warriors for Him and a light to the world and a peace to the world, and a joy to the world. If you need a Bible, raise your hand, Spanish or English. Mark chapter 12, verse 28, says this, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all and Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, 'Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength.' This is the first commandment, and the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Father, we thank you um, for this word. We thank you for the simplicity of the life with Christ. It really, everything really is reduced to this one thing, love. You say in your word that the word, 1 Timothy, the word, the goal of it is love. You say, Lord, in your word that we can g- 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 pile up accolades for ourselves, do all th- kinds of things all over the world, uh, successes, accomplishments, but if we have no love, we're nothing. And so, Lord, we want to be the people that you've called us to be. But, Lord, we are uh, we're weak. We're, ma- we're made out of dust, Lord. We need you, Father, to speak to us, Lord. And we need the word to come in, Lord, and not just bounce off our hearts, but become a part of us. Would you do that this morning? I pray for the youth group for a safe ride back, Lord, for them. I pray, Father, that the word would be settling in their hearts and doing its holy work. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. Okay, for these verses, these very well-known verses, there's a great danger when reading these verses. Someone asked Jesus, "What's the greatest commandment?" He he says to uh, he says to them, "Um first you shall love the Lord your God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with your, and with all your strength. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, continues in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. By the Holy Spirit, same author, same author, as the verses in Mark chapter 12, he says in, in chapter 13, famously, Though I speak with the uh, tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become like a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing." And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love. It profits me. Nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Does it, love does not behave rudely, love does not seek its own, love is not provoked, love thinks no evil, love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, love believes all things, love hopes all things, love endures all things, love never fails. So here's the danger and this is what so often happens. You read these verses in the same way that you watch a favorite movie, that you look at a famous painting, or in the same way that you read a spellbinding book, you read them like a spectator, like someone from the audience, from the, you read them from the outside looking in and the verses, they just make your heart melt. Is there anything so beautiful as this? Uh, And they're so just lovely, they're magical, they're inspiring, they just stir up powerful emotion, tears, wonder, awe. Beautiful, but not something you would actually ever do. Beautiful, but not actually something that you would ever do. Thinking Jesus is beautiful does not make you a Christian. Embracing and doing, embracing Jesus and doing what he says to do makes you a Christian. The first commandment, the greatest. Jesus calls it the first. I understand in the, in, the, uh, in the Greek there what he really means. This is really everything, this first commandment. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Again, the second one. He says, it's like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. We talked about the first commandment last week. Let's talk about the second commandment that he brings up. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. What does that mean? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Let's break it down a little. First off, love your neighbor. Who's my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Jesus answers that in the parallel account in the book of Luke, right? After these same two verses are spoken, same two verses in the book of Luke, a religious um, leader comes to him, well, who is my neighbor? And, And Jesus answers with what parable? Shout it out, someone? The parable of the good Samaritan, that is correct. And so how does that parable answer the question, who is my neighbor? Someone shout it out. Everyone, including your enemies. That's who your neighbor is. Second question about as we, as we figure out, we've talked about who your, your neighbor is. Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, so, how do you love yourself? If, if, you're, if you're supposed to love your neighbor like yourself, uh, you need to know that, right? How, how do you love yourself? What does that even mean? Well, you, you love yourself by doing what it takes to fulfill your desires. That's how you love yourself. You love your neighbor by fulfilling those same desires the way you want those, your desires to be filled for yourself. Did you catch that? So... You love yourself by trying to fulfill your desires. You love your neighbor by full, fulfilling those same desires the way you want to fulfill your desires. So you have a desire to live. Everyone in here has a desire to live. You want to live, and you love yourself, so among other things, if danger's coming, you protect yourself. You love your neighbor as yourself when... Danger's coming. You protect them. Everyone, with me? Talking about what, is it, what, is it, what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself? You have, the, you have a desire for friends. You want friends. Everyone I know wants friends. <laughs> so you love yourself. So you go out and you look for friends. But you love your neighbor as yourself by becoming their friend. You want food. You love yourself, and so you go out and get food for yourself. You love your neighbors yourself by getting food for them. It's cold out. You want to be warm. You love yourself, so so you do what is necessary to to get warm. You love your neighbors um, as yourself by doing what is necessary for them to be warm. You want to be healthy. You love yourself and so you go out and do what's necessary to be healthy. You eat well, you exercise right, you go to doctors when something's wrong. You love your neighbors yourself by doing what you can to make them healthy. You have a desire to be somebody. You want your life to count for something. You don't want to be a, have a meaningless, purposeless, fruitless life. You want to do some great thing with your life. And so you love yourself by setting out to do that. Education, training, whatever, preparation. You love your neighbor as yourself by helping them in whatever way you can to make something great out of their life. You want peace, you want happiness, so you set out to find it, peace, happiness. You love your neighbor as yourself by helping them find peace, by helping them find happiness. Now you may hear this and say, whoa, I I think I'll just stick with the first commandment. Loving the Lord with all my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. I can't love people like that. And who does anyway? Well, sorry, the Bible says if you don't do commandment number two, loving your neighbor as yourself, you're not doing commandment number one, loving the Lord your God with all your, your, your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. John picks up the same thing in the book of John. He says this in 1 John chapter 4, verses 21 and 20, 20 and 21, if someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, which, by the way, as a pastor, I see this all the time. You go, up into, you go out in the streets, and we go out in the streets a lot in our church, and you ask people if they love God, most will say, oh, yeah, I love God. But, man, if, if, if you start probing into their life, it's clear. They got some people they hate, some of you in here. You say you love God, but you hate Someone. You hate someone's, some of you, it's plural. John says this to you, if someone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So again, Mark 12, verse 30. Greatest commandment, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Verse 31, Jesus says, and the second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I want you to look at those verses. And I want you to ask yourself, what is this? What is this that I have in front of me? Again, two commandments. Jesus says all the other commandments are wrapped up in these two commandments. Again, focus. I ask you to focus. Number one, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And number two, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. What is this? I'll tell you what it is. It's what God requires of you every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week of every year. It's God's law. I know it sounds really sweet and wonderful and lovely. But it's God's law which he requires of you. They may be beautiful words, lovely words, magical words, inspiring words, but they are the law of God. The Bible says a single violation of God's law will send you into a Christless eternity. This is God's law. Look at these verses. Think about them. You have violated these two commandments every minute of every day, every week of every month, of every year of your life. Every minute you violate these laws. The Bible says that, hear me out now, it was appointed for man to die one time and then comes judgment. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. And you have violated these two commandments every minute of every hour of your life. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. In Matthew 25, Jesus says there will be a judgment time when he will sit on the throne of judgment and divide the sheep from the goats. Verse 46 of that chapter says the unrighteous will go to everlasting punishment, the righteous will go to eternal life. The Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 10, when he was giving his first sermon to non-Jews, told them in Acts 10.42 that Jesus was appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. There will be a judgment and you will be standing before God. In Acts chapter 17, the Apostle Paul, when he went to Athens in Greece, smartest people in the world at the time, He spoke to their leaders and he told them God had appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has appointed. The Apostle Paul in Acts 24 um, spoke to the Roman governor, Felix, says about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. And the guy feared greatly, this Roman governor. In Hebrews chapter six, verse two, the writer says that one of the elementary principles of Christianity is eternal judgment. First Peter, chapter four, verse five, Peter says, "All will be required to give an account to God, the judge." Romans 6:23 says that the penalty for violating these two laws even one time and you violate them every minute is death, eternal death, eternal judgment. The question for you is what will be your account before God? What will be your question, what will be your answer to how you did with this commandment? to God, because you will be standing before him. When he says, how did you do on this commandment, Luke, Faith, Gabi, Emily, David, Solomon, Christina, Lena, Alexia. How did you do on this? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. How did you do on the second one? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Steve. Loving yourself in and of itself is not a bad thing. It is a very good thing. God wired you to love yourself. This, is what, this was the defining human trait before man chose sin in Genesis chapter three. The defining human trait was a, a love, a pure love. God gave you the desire to live. It's a a God-given desire. He gave you the desire for friends. He gave you the desire for fruit. He gave you the desire to be warm, to be healthy. He gave you the desire to be somebody, to count for something, to have a meaningful fruit-filled life. God gave you the desire to do some great thing with your life. He gave you the desire for peace. He gave you the desire for happiness. None of these things are wrong or evil in and of themselves. They only become wrong, evil, when we want them without God. They only become wrong when we want them without our neighbor. That's sin. That's rebellion. God says the first commandment, the first law is to love him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your mind, and your strength. You were made by God to love him. You were made to love him. It's in your DNA. It's the healthiest thing. We're surrounded by thousands of doctors. You know the healthiest thing to do is love God. You were made to love God. To love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. But but when you take the desires that God gave you as vehicles, he gave you the desire for friends, for food, for, for, for to count for something, to be great, um, for, for peace, for happiness. When you take those desires that he gave to you in order to worship them more, and you cut them out, and you cut your neighbor out, let me tell you, In the judgment, you're guilty. In the first sermon ever given, after Jesus resurrected from the dead and ascended into heaven, the apostle Paul spoke like I'm speaking to you right now and says the people were devastated. They were devastated. It says they were cut to the heart. And they cried out to Peter, you're right. We believe you. What do we do? And Peter answered in Acts 2, 38. He said this, Peter said to them, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, for the remission of sins, for the remission. Do not Even think about going before God on the judgment day if your sins have not been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, by faith in Jesus Christ. Don't even think about it. It says, repent, meaning do a U turn, and let every one of you be baptized in the the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive, it says, The Holy Spirit. You shall receive the Holy Spirit. I believe there's some in this room that have never done this. You can do it today, it's a prayer of faith where you received Jesus Christ. You say, God, I'm doing, I'm repenting. I'm to do a U-turn. You're right. I, I have no chance on the judgment day. And I have used um, all the, the desires which you gave me to love you more. I've cut you out of them. Or my neighbor out of them. I'm guilty. I need Jesus Christ. I need what he did for me on the cross. Jesus Christ lived a perfect life in order to credit that perfection to you so you could go to heaven. He died on the cross having all your sins on him so that you wouldn't have to die and that you could appear before the judgment seat of God as a son of God, as a daughter of God. He rose from the dead and ascended into heaven in order to give you the Holy Spirit in order to give you the Holy Spirit so that you can actually look at verses, like verse 30 and 31, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and by the Holy Spirit, they become more than, oh, they're they're so beautiful, makes my heart melt, but actually do them actually let's start loving God in that way I tell you most people when they read these two verses verse 30 and 31 they're okay with verse 30 loving God because people generally think they love God but man when you get to verse the second part you love your neighbor as yourself it's like whoa They don't do it. They make a conscious choice not to do it. Some of you, you make a conscious I'm not going to love my neighbor as myself. I'm just not going to do that. And what's the reason? Fear. Fear that your life will be trashed. If I love the way Jesus tells me to love, where, yeah, I have this desire to be happy, so if I love my neighbor as myself, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to make my neighbor happy. I, 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 it, it, what happens when we, when, we, when we consider that, it's like, man, if I do what Jesus is telling me to do here, loving my neighbor as myself, making the, the, the desires of his life or her life as or more important than mine, I'm gonna be trash, my life's gonna be trash. I'm gonna lose my life fear the only way to a man or woman will ever be able to love their neighbor as their the only way Calvary Chapel you'll ever be able to love your neighbor as yourself is if you start doing love the Lord your God with all your heart your mind and your soul let me show you this let me show you this Here's the desires. I put them up here. The desire to live, every single one of you have it, has it. It's, it's a form of loving yourself, which in its original form is pure from God. We messed it up. You messed it up. I messed it up when we tried to do it and cut God out and cut our neighbor out. But the original desire, but, but so, so how do I love, love my neighbor as myself? Well, you start off by, by going in and, and this first one, the desire to live, and, and just declaring to God, Lord, Lord, uh, g- g- you're saying here, I need to love you with all my, my heart, my, my soul, my mind, and my strength. Apart from you, God, I will just declare, there is no life. There's no life apart from you, Lord. Desire number two, um, the, desi- the-, the desire for friends. Lord, if you, if you're not my friend, what's the point? What's the point of a friend? Desire number three, the desire for food. Lord, in Matthew chapter four, the devil came to Jesus and said, turn this rock into food. And what did you say, Lord Jesus? You said, man does not live by bread alone, by food. But on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, Lord, I need you more than food. When you have the Holy Spirit when you repent and are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and you receive the Holy Spirit, oh, listen, you will start to realize you need God more than you need food. (laughs) And so as you're loving God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, the desire to be warm, the desire to be healthy. God, I want to be warm, I want to be healthy, but I want you more. I want to be healthy, but not not squander my health on the world, Lord. The desire to be someone, to to count for something, to have meaningful, purpose-filled life, the desire to do great things, Lord. I want the great things I do to be about you, Lord. You guys with me? This is commandment number one. You got to work your way through commandment number one. You got to work your way through it, loving him. Talking to him, growing with him, the desire for peace. Lord, um, y- y- the greatest peace I ever have is in you, Lord. The desire for happiness, for joy. Lord, joy, the, the best joy I've ever had is in you, Lord. Give me more. I need more. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And let me tell you, when you start figuring out that God is your joy, God is your peace, God is your, 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 your friend, he's your life, he's your food, he's your warmth, you will start loving your neighbor as yourself. That's what happens. But it starts with repenting, doing a U-turn, and turning to God and being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you start Again, when you start loving God by the Holy Spirit, finding out that he's your joy, finding out he's a treasure, finding out he's better than 50 careers. Verses like this will start making more sense. Uh, Can we we have the verse, Dave? Uh, Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well being I call this the most violated verse in the whole Bible. But it really will start making more sense as you start developing your relationship with Jesus Christ and loving him. The next verse. For though I am free of all men, I have made myself a servant to all. Instead of looking at this and saying, what? Uh, No, that's for those religious nuts. No, it's not, it's for you. It's for you. That's who it's for. And it's a beautiful life. It's a beautiful life. Next verse. Earlier on in the book of Mark. This is Jesus speaking. Whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave to all. These verses will start resonating with you. These verses will start working as you Love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind and strength. You'll start loving your neighbors yourself. And you will become the light of the world. If the worship team could come up. At this time, you know, this week we are closing down all our Bible studies, not prayer. Please join us at prayer, Zoom prayer, noon, Zoom prayer. At 3 p.m., but other than the prayer, all the Bible studies close down w- during what we call communion week. So the ladies' Bible study, the men's Bible study, the, um, the Medford, the, 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 the Dedham, the college Bible study, we, we, we close them down and we focus, we focus on communion. And that's this Friday night at 7 p.m. at 2566 Washington Street, about a mile away. Please try to join us. Why do we celebrate communion? Because Jesus, because on the judgment day, there's a point for a man to die one time and then comes the judgment. By his, by his death on the cross, Jesus accomplished something for us that we can actually appear before God on the judgment day, blameless, without sin. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. So please try to join us on Friday, but right now, let's, let's, let's worship the Lord. Can you stand with, with me now and worship the Lord? If you in your life have, have never, if you've been asked to pray, if you could come up at this time, if you in your life, well, let me put it like this, again, I went through whatever, seven, eight, nine verses on the judgment that is to come, that every one of you and myself will be standing before the Lord. And you, me, every minute of every day, the, the, the two greatest commandments, that Jesus said, what's the greatest commandment, Jesus? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have violated it every moment of every day of your life. You don't wanna get before Lord at the time of judgment without having been cleansed by Jesus Christ, which can only happen one way by saying, Jesus, come into my life as my Lord, my Master, and my King. I get all these desires, and I want to stop fulfilling these desires while while cutting you out when the desires are are meant as as a means of worshiping you. If you've never done that, please come up, and and I'll, I'll be up here. You can pray with me. If there's anything else that is stirred in your heart. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Do you know your life has been perfectly designed by God? In order for you to grow in that, loving your neighbor as yourself? I was riding my bike to church this morning, was almost run over by a truck perfectly designed by the Lord to train me in loving my neighbors myself. Your life is designed, that coworker, that family member, that relative. If you want us to just pray with you during this time, put our hand on you and you don't, if you want to just come up, you don't even have to be specific, just pray for me. I know We know what to do. You can do that. You can come up. So let me pray and let's worship. Father, I just thank you, Lord. Just thank you for your word, which always just fills us up and encourages us. and encourages, Lord, and just encourages me so much. But I, Father, I just pray that you would do your great work, drawing your people to yourself, Lord, at this time. You say in your word, Lord, that you are, Lord Jesus, that you are drawing to yourself a people zealous for good you.